Hey guys, welcome to the One Life Church podcast. We're so glad you're joining us today and we hope this message encourages you and strengthens your faith. Enjoy the message. Hey, how about we pray this morning? Father, we just want to give you thanks uh, for your word as we come around about your word. We thank you, Lord, that your word is alive and it's powerful. And Lord, we pray that as we come today, Lord, that you'd open our hearts, you'd open our eyes, Lord God, that we would hear as well, Lord, through our ears, what you want to speak to us today. And we give you all the praise in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. So we're starting a new series uh, this month called Relationships Matter. And who knows that relationships really do matter. It's very hard to do this life without doing it with other people. There are interactions that we have every day, as, as Sally Ann has just shared a testimony this morning. There's interactions that we have every day on a personal level. And sometimes relationships can be challenging. Sometimes they can be life-changing. But I encourage us to be people that think about the quality of our relationships. And I've titled today's message, Straight Talk and the Christian Walk. Some of you may have uh, encountered people. Some of you may may be even able to relate to this. Uh, People that talk straight. You know, they just tell you how it is and uh, there's sometimes you know I find that there's some people that they just don't have a filter they they just come full on and uh, and if you're a bit like me that can sort of rock your boat a little bit sometimes Uh, some other terms that we might refer to those type of people is they call a spade a spade they lay it on the line straight from the shoulder shooting from the hip straight shooting all those things We find people that we can encounter sometimes that can be a little bit difficult for us. They can be for me at least anyway. And, uh, you know, these terms, they all refer to to people that we might consider to be outspoken, uh, candid, critical, uh, or even a little bit controversial at times. You know, they just like to poke for the sake of poking. Uh, I know we had an employee once that used to work for us and... uh, it didn't matter what the topic of conversation was, he would always pit himself on the opposite side of the conversation. Very hard to build friendship with someone like that. You like to be on the same page with people. And it didn't matter what the discussion was about, he'd always pit himself on the opposite side of the discussion. He had a real talent for that, let me tell you. You know, it's often unavoidable in life. We find ourselves becoming the topic of conversation. Anyone ever found that they've been the topic of conversation? And, and sometimes in life, you know, People can gossip and people can slander and, and, and we can find that our, our name is drawn into a place or our character is, is brought into question in people's lives. And, and I'm encouraged to think about that and, and how do I respond, but also how do I engage when I find myself in situations or circumstances that present that kind of conversation, particularly when it's talking about people. We've got to be really careful the way that we talk about people you know i i think that as i said it's it's often in life it's it's unavoidable to become the topic of conversation sometimes uh even jesus was quoted as saying in the gospels of matthew mark and luke he said who do the people say that i the son of man am you know so there's people that were talking about jesus and and his disciples said well some say you know john the baptist some say elijah some say some other prophet that's that's come back you know and, and, and we know that Peter ended up saying that, that who Jesus was. He says, you are the Christ. You know, he said who he was. But see, even Jesus had people that would talk about him behind his back and, 
and even a lot of them in front of his face as well. Very direct, a lot of them. And it can be quite painful for people uh, who, who find themselves in that situation, you know, where their, their character is brought into question. And you, you might have experienced firsthand the hurtful criticism uh, from people, you know, judgment or belittlement uh, of others. It can be quite painful. And, uh, and I'm sure any one of us, if I was to go around this room, I, uh, some of us are more resilient in that way and others are less resilient. But I'm sure we could all relate to being the subject or being subjected to harsh or unfair criticism from time to time. Some people might be old enough to recall a television series that was on, uh, I think it was Channel 7 quite a few years ago. It was called A Country Practice. Uh, it was set in the fictitious town of Wandon Valley. You might remember a few characters on the show. We had um, Dr. Terence. Uh, there was Frank Gilroy was the policeman. And his, his wife, Shirley, and she worked in the, as a secretary in, the, uh, in the, the medical practice. And there was Bob and there was Cookie. Good Australian names, these ones, aren't they? But there was another character by the name of Esme Watson. Does anyone remember Esme? Esme Watson, she was played by the late Joyce Jacobs. And uh, she's not to be mistaken with Corrie ten Boom. I just have to say this because when I actually Googled Esme Watson, I got photos of or images of Corrie ten Boom come up for some reason. Nothing like Corrie ten Boom. Um, Esme Watson, you could say, was known as the town gossip. Um, gas bag. You know, call it what you want. Esme was the one that would go around and she'd snitch on everybody. She would talk about what so-and-so was doing and what, what someone else had said. And uh, there was the odd occasion, the odd episode where Esme would find herself in a situation where the topic of her conversation was within earshot. And let me tell you, it didn't go too well for Esme when the person would volley her uh, quite, quite a lot of abuse for her, you know, meddling in other people's business. And uh, we don't want to be like Esme. You know, God's word warns us to stay away from people who gossip, and to guard our words when we speak about others. We've got to be really mindful about this. Proverbs 20 and verse 19 in the NIV says, A gossip betrays a confidence, so avoid anyone who talks too much. You know, one thing that I've found in my life, at least, is that if I'm talking with someone that's talking a lot about other people, I'm very guarded. I'm very careful with what I will say because very probably there's a high chance that I will also be a topic of conversation when they go and talk to someone else as well. You know, it's, uh, it's impractical, if not impossible, for us to avoid that sort of thing in life and to, to be exposed to that sort of uh, treatment, I guess, by others through words and conversation. And, uh, you know, it's impossible for us to really separate ourselves from everything that could possibly cause any harm or hurt to us in this life and in fact the apostle Paul you know he was talking about not associate not associating with certain people and he said that you'd have to leave this world if you if you wanted to you know remove yourself from people that practice certain things it's impossible does anyone else remember the Nasonex commercial the guy who was you know suffering from really bad hay fever and he's like I'm checking out of this place he's just over he's done with the allergies you know, it's impossible for us to separate ourselves from people all the time. 
In fact, I like what the Asbury Bible commentary says. It says, the higher reaches of Christian living are realized in relationship, not in isolation. So even if we wanted to try to separate ourselves from people, that's not always possible because we can't build relationship in isolation. Anyone remember the lockdowns? (laughs) How hard was it to build relationship? Yeah, sure you can Zoom, sure you can FaceTime, sure you can text message, you can do all this stuff. But I tell you what, going down the street and catching up with someone with a coffee or, or, or going to a neighbor's place and you know, not having to talk through the glass. How silly did we look? <laughs> having a conversation through glass. It's impossible to build relationship in isolation. For most of us, we often find that some relationships can be outright challenging at times, as I alluded to before. I mean, some people seem to say and do the most dumbest things. Do you ever find that? That some people just do and say some really silly stuff. I want to give us a couple of examples. While applying for a job, the young man thought that sick pay meant that the job paid really good money. Sick pay. My friend has a master's degree in mechanical engineering and robotics. He once made a potato salad with raw potatoes because he thought since it's a salad, you're not supposed to cook the potatoes. Yeah. Or just when you thought you heard it all, what about this one? It was straight from Twitter. So as it appears is how it's written. My sister is pregnant. I can't wait to see if I'm a be an aunt or an uncle. Let that sink in for a little bit. I can't wait to see if I'm a aunt or an uncle. You know, some people say that the human race is progressing, but after reading a comment like that, I'm not so sure. You know, even the disciples said some pretty stupid stuff from time to time. And uh, in Mark's gospel, in chapter 8, and verses 31 to 33, P- Peter had this genius idea that he said to Jesus, Jesus had just said that I'm going to be sacrificed, the Son of Man's going to die, and it's going to be terrible, and all this sort of stuff. And Peter says, oh, far be it from you for this to happen to you. You're, n- you're not going to be sacrificed. It's not, it's not going to be the way it goes. You know, he's got these illusions of, of, of entering into this earthly kingdom, and, and we're going to be with Jesus. Shoulder to shoulder with Jesus. You're going to rule on this earth. You know, you're not dying anytime soon. You might recall that Jesus turned around and, and he called Peter Satan. <laughs> it's, it's fair to say that, that things didn't pay off real well that day for Peter. To be called Satan. Get behind me, Satan. You don't know what you're talking about. See, we all do and say some silly stuff from time to time and it can be hard not to make light of it and to want to talk and and do things maybe that could be slanderous from time to time the bible teaches us that the the tongue has power and so we must be careful how we use our words in james 1 26 the voice translation says if you put yourself on a pedestal thinking you have become a role model in all things religious but you can't control your mouth then think again your mouth exposes your heart and your religion is useless It's another Bible verse that says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And so whatever's in a person's heart will eventually make its way to to, to their lips and, of course, will be spoken out. Proverbs 11, 13, I just want to look at a couple of verses this morning. It says, a gossip goes around telling secrets, but those who are trustworthy can keep a confidence. How good is it to have people 
that can keep a confidence. The lips of fools bring them strife and their mouths invite a beating. The mouths of fools are their undoing and their lips are a snare to their very lives. Proverbs 26, 20, fire goes out without wood and quarrels disappear when gossip stops. Proverbs 26, 22, the voice again, whispered gossip is like a delicious first course. It's devoured with pleasure and then penetrates deep within you. Have you ever found that? That when you find that there's conversation and it's talking about someone or something and it's, it's juicy and it's like, oh, getting the, the download on, on what's happening in this person's life. And if we're not careful, we can take so much on. We can start to entertain that. We can start to make assumptions about people's character that quite honestly could be totally wrong and incorrect. So how do we know if we might be crossing the line when it comes to our conversations, talking straight, you know, walking this Christian walk, whether we're, whether we're being kind with our words or the things that we're talking about. And, and I just want to suggest one thing. And I suggest that when we say anything or talk about somebody, that we would not be comfortable for them to be standing right in front of us when we're actually saying those same words. It's something that I've often asked myself when I've gone to, to speak and, and you're, you're in a conversation and, and, and people like... People like to find out information. They like to inquire. They, they like to pry. They like to know certain things, you know. And so whenever I find myself, you know, thinking about someone or, you know, you're in a conversation and sometimes it can be like, I can trump that story. I've, I've got something that's more juicier than that. I, I've got a better morsel than that. You wait until I tell you what. And you know what I, th- I think to myself? Hang on a moment. Is, is this bringing this person up or is it pulling them down? Is this an opportunity for me to make myself look and sound better? Or is it an opportunity just to and not say a word? Because if that person was here, would I be prepared to say those exact same words? Chances are I probably wouldn't feel comfortable about that. So the best thing is we don't say anything. You know, many, many of us would be familiar with a much-quoted maxim better to remain silent and be thought a fool than to speak and to remove all doubt. I think it's a really good one to think about. It's really good to think about keeping our words back at times because the Bible says in Ecclesiastes there's a time for everything. There's a, there's a time to speak and there's a time to be quiet. There's a time to be reflective. There's a time to consider our words before we spit them out in fact i think there's another quote that says taste your words before you spit them out not a bad thing to do jesus puts i guess another slant on that maxim that we're familiar with and he says it like this in matthew chapter 7 and verses 1 to 5 don't pick on people jump on their failures criticize their faults unless of course you want the same treatment that critical spirit has a way of boomeranging It's easy to see a smudge on your neighbor's face and be oblivious to the ugly sneer on your own. Do you have the nerve to say, let me wash your face for you when your own face is distorted by contempt? It's this whole traveling roadshow mentality all over again, playing a holier-than-thou part instead of just living your part. Wipe that ugly sneer off your own face and you might be fit to offer a washcloth to your neighbor. See, it's, it's difficult for us sometimes because the culture that we live in can thrive 
on writing other people down. In fact, the Australian culture is, is quite hard in this way in that we make fun of talking about other people and, and we have this ocking type attitude as part of Australian culture where it's like, ah, oh, you know, did you hear? We, we, we love to talk about people. We love to speak about people and, and, and to cut them down. You might call it the tall poppy syndrome. But in Australian culture, we have a tendency to talk about other people in not kind ways very easily. We can find ourselves slipping into that. In fact, we even make entertainment out of it. On, on the television at the moment, you might uh, have seen a show being advertised, Parental Guidance, where we, we put you know, one parent's parenting style up against another. They all get there in shock and horror when little Johnny falls off the motorbike or, or little Stevie's, you know, learning how to shoot a rifle and some's, oh my goodness, you let your children shoot a gun. And, and we, we, we make entertainment out of how other people do life and what is right or wrong for them. Yet the Bible clearly tells us, you know, not to jump on other people, not to criticise their faults, unless, of course, we're prepared to receive the same treatment ourselves. So as Christians, pulling this in for us today, what is our call to action with our relationships? What does the Bible really want us to do? What, what does Jesus want us to do as believers today? And I believe part of that is found in Colossians with the Apostle Paul. In Colossians 3 and verses 8 to 14, it says, But now is the time to get rid of anger, rage, malicious behavior, slander and dirty language don't lie to each other for you have stripped off your old sinful nature and all its wicked deeds put on your new nature and be renewed as you learn to know your creator and become like him in this new life it doesn't matter if you're a jew or a gentile circumcised or uncircumcised barbaric uncivilized slave or free christ is all that matters and he lives in all of us since God chose you to be the holy people he loves, you must clothe yourselves with tender-hearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and my favorite, patience. Verse 13, if you're not going to take anything else away today, take away verse 13. Make allowances for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Above all, clothe yourselves with love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony. I can't think of anything better than for us to be in perfect harmony. And the Apostle Paul says, how do we, how do we get to a place of being in perfect harmony? We clothe ourselves in love. Everything that we do, everything that we think, everything that we say, we clothe it in love towards other people you know love's not just meant to be kept to ourselves it's an expression that we give to other people so paul's saying we are to pull on our new nature become like jesus that's a pretty good place to start as a christian isn't it become like jesus how did jesus do life read the gospels how did he speak to people how did he treat people that found themselves in terrible situations and circumstances Hey, is there anyone else around here that's never done anything wrong? Can I see a show of hands? That's the way Jesus rolled. 
become like Jesus. He chose us to be holy. It says here uh, in Colossians 3, to be tender-hearted, tender-hearted mercy. Um, you know, t- tender-heartedness is something that, that is not always easy for us to be tender towards people and to be able to show mercy to show love, to show sorrow, to show compassion, to, to, to forgive. You know, there's something about mercy because when we just think about this for a moment, a lot of the time when we think about mercy, it's often within the, the individual's power to actually do something about it. In terms of, I could avenge the way that this person has treated me. But to offer mercy, you're coming from a position of power but you're not choosing to exercise that power. And that's what God's done for us. That's what Jesus did for us. We could have easily been judged. We could have easily been condemned. And he was the one that could make that ruling. And sometimes it's within our power to right or wrong. Yet the Holy Spirit prompts us to show mercy. Why? Because we've been shown mercy as well. And so sometimes it can be within our power to put something right again in our own eyes but not necessarily the way the Lord wants us to do it. To lead with mercy, to lead with forgiveness, to take the higher road, as I call it, of grace and humility towards others. Be willing to do what it takes to come alongside somebody else. You know, there's, there's one thing to be able to see that someone's life is a certain way and, and, and your life is a certain way, but I tell you what, it takes something else for us to go, I could have an opinion about that person's circumstance. I could sit here and cast some sort of judgment over, you know, why they do things the way they do. Or I could choose to actually come alongside that person and befriend that person. Get to know a bit about that person, their situation, their circumstance. And maybe, just maybe, we might be able to show Jesus to these people. Maybe we can show compassion, we can show kindness, we can show mercy instead of judgment, ridicule. Because I believe that's what Jesus would want us to do. Be willing to do what it takes to come alongside someone. Make time to do that. Even as we hear in testimonies, and Sally Ann shared with us this morning about, you know, being prompted to stop on the side of the road. Why? I don't know why. Make time. Listen to the voice of God. Allow Him to use you to be a blessing to someone else. And I believe that in life, it's good for us to have no other goal but just to be kind. We don't have to have an agenda. We don't have to really think about this too much, just that Jesus is kind and I want to be kind to other people as well. So let's be people that choose to lead with kindness. Let's be people that walk this Christian walk with an attitude that I want to represent Jesus well. I don't know about you, but I want to represent Jesus well. Not just in church on a Sunday morning, but when I'm dealing with customers on a Monday morning. When I, when I encounter that demanding person, when I encounter that employee that just seems to know the firing sequence. Do you, do you ever find that? That you find people that, you know, they just seem to be able to push the buttons in all the right order to express and to continue to be kind and to show mercy and grace to other people paul also said in ephesians 4 and i'm going to wind this up shortly 
In Ephesians 4 and verse 29 in the NTE says, Don't let any unwholesome words escape your lips. Instead, say whatever is good and will be useful in building people up so that you will give grace to those who listen. Isn't that great? That you would give grace to those that listen. I think that's, that's something that we can take on board as believers, to be people that would speak words that would come across as being graceful towards others. There's a quote by Alexander McLaren, and I'm just going to finish on this this morning. It says, Kindness makes a person attractive. If you would win the world, melt it, do not hammer it. I can relate to that because I'm a panel beater and I use hammers. And it's very easy just to pick up a heavy hammer and give something a really good blow to, to push it back to where you want to see it. And yet this quote encourages us to be people that don't hammer people. But we win them over with love. We win them over with grace and kindness. And that's the type of person that I want to be. Proverbs chapter 19 verse 22. I haven't got that. But for all those men it says in the, in the, uh, the living Bible says kindness makes a man attractive. So men, if you really want to be attractive, if you're really looking for a wife, I had someone last week ask me to pray for a wife. If you really want to be attractive, it says here, be kind. <laughs> be kind. And I believe that's a challenge for all of us is to be people that lead the way that Jesus would want us to lead and to lead with kindness and humility and grace in all things. Amen. Let's pray this morning. Father, we just want to thank you for your great love for us. We thank you, Jesus, that you have such compassion for us. In fact, you have compassion for everybody. I thank you that you are the great shepherd. You are the leader. You are the King of kings. You are the Lord of lords. And Father, we just want to take a moment today, and, and I just want us to just reflect for a moment, if we could just do that. If there's been moments in your life where you know that, that you know, perhaps relationships you haven't handled so well things that you know you need to own yourself as i need to own them as well come on we know that we serve a god that that forgives us we, we know that we serve a god that is gracious towards us so we just want to come today lord and and father we just offer up to you those ugly areas of our lives lord where we've lord where we've said unkind things to other people lord where our actions haven't been as good as they could be. Father, we just bring those things to you right now. And Father, as we think about relationships and why they matter, we need a relationship with you. And so, Father, we just pray that you would forgive us, Lord, for those things that we've done. And we ask, Lord God, that you'd forgive those that have wronged us as well today. And I pray that, Father, right across, Lord, this room today, that there'd be people that Lord, we'll be processing things and thinking about things today. Lord, I thank you that you're the God that sees every thought. You're the God that knows every heart. And so, Father, right now, Father, we just pray by the power of your Holy Spirit that you just minister to every need right now in Jesus' name. And we just pray that by the indwelling presence of your Holy Spirit, Lord, that you would equip us to lead well, Father, with our talk and, Father, with our Christian walk, we pray. Lord, let us be ones that represent you well. And we give you all the thanks and the praise in Jesus' mighty name. Amen.